Hi there, my name is Lindy van Yerden and welcome to the Be Known Podcast. If you are feeling stuck and craving more from your life, then you are at the right place. If you have kids running around like I have and never find time for yourself, you are at the right place. If you want to change your life and build a side business to call your own, you are at the right place. Grab a cup of coffee and join me. I'm also a busy mom, so I promise to keep things short and sweet. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's begin. Hi everybody and welcome. Thank you for joining us. And today we are joined by Sarah Mubranfa. Sarah is both an entrepreneur, a business strategist who helps female artists and creatives launch and grow their luxury brands. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Lindy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I so, so am I. I'm really excited that uh, I can actually talk to you again. We had a quick, brief introduction session and I couldn't actually wait for this session to come live because there's so many female entrepreneurs um, and especially female moms who have this very creative streak in them, very talented, and they don't know how they can maybe make that something bigger or grow that into something else. So I'm really excited because I think that you are such a role model for so many of those people and you can teach them how to uh, focus a little bit more on their business and use their talents. But before we jump into all the nice um, conversations that we're about to have, I'd like for you to tell our listeners a bit more about you and your business. Oh, thank you so much, Lindy. You're being so kind to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it's useful for anybody who's listening. So my name is Sarah Mobahamfat. I am a business coach and a strategist for uh, uh, small creative businesses. I specifically help female creatives turn their art and craft into profitable premium brands. I am also the founder of a fashion accessories brand called Narasip, which I started in 2018 after quitting a corporate job in a totally different field. I'll tell you about it later. I am originally from Iran, uh, but Switzerland has been my home since 2008. I've lived in a number of countries. I live here with my husband, somewhere in the Swiss Alps in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so if you hear any animals during this interview, please just don't get scared. <laughs> I think everyone listening is now green with envy now that you're saying you live in the Swiss Alps. I think that's the absolute <laughs> dream for a lot of people. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy rural life. I also, I, uh, I was growing up in, uh, in in a green area near Caspian Sea in Iran, a lot of water, a lot of nature. I, I, was, I grew up near the nature, and even though it's a very different environment culturally, I, I, I really like the familiarity. I really need to see something green in front of me to, <laughs> to be able to work. So yeah, I love it here. It's, it's, it's my second home. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. I am. Um, I have to say, it was a very big transition for me as well moving here. Um, but I absolutely love the greenery, and it definitely um, boosts the creative juices, if I can put it like that. But tell us a little bit more about your. So let's start at the beginning. So I want you to tell us a little bit more about your corporate life. How was that like for you, and how did you make that transition into having your own business? Oh, that's quite a long story. So where, when I was growing up, I was growing up in an environment. It's a typical thing with a lot of Middle Eastern families is that it was a high performing environment. It was expected from you to become a doctor, a lawyer, I don't know, some kind of uh, 
field that you go to university, a profession, even though my parents were entrepreneurs themselves, it was like we went to good schools, you were supposed to go to, univer go to a very good university. And, uh, and the thing is, I mean, we were so young to make these decisions, but when you go to university, uh, they prepare you for corporate life. So that was a natural path. So I went to university, I started industrial engineering, and then I want to continue my education in Sweden. It, I studied some uh, a field called supply chain management that helps, that's really technically focused on how to move goods around the world, how to source products, how to work with manufacturers, how to uh, uh, send them to customers. So pretty much technical stuff. And, and I actually, I was a good student. I didn't mind it. And of course, naturally, after that education, there were certain companies you were supposed to work for. So it was pretty natural, not really mindful, I would say. So uh, I worked for, for a chemical company to do my master thesis. Then I found a job in, in Liechtenstein, a small country near Switzerland, in a global construction company in a field that was pretty much related to what I had studied. And... Uh, I always knew corporate life is not really for me, but I was thinking, no, 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 don't go there. Don't think about it. This this is all sort of dreamy stuff they write in the books. And so I didn't let those thoughts really get in. And I, I, I started the job. I also wasn't too bad in it. And I even got promoted. And I still had that icky feeling that you don't really belong here. But then I also was there was this little voice in my head like you're a foreigner here you should be happy to have a job you should be happy that this country is not deporting you back to your <laughs> troubled home country just be happy don't mess things up and just just go on with it just be happy with your life I try to convince myself uh, and I looked happy I didn't have any issues and everything looked perfect on surface but uh, something happened to me in 2012. I got very sick. It, it's a long story, but it was an operation. It was not diagnosed very well, so it got really compli complicated to a point that my life was in danger. So I was in hospital, and it, it's, it's not nice when the doctors want to talk to your family and <laughs> things like that. And, and it was very uncomfortable. I was in this hospital thinking like, hey, you're 28, you have lived a mediocre, not so significant life, and that's it, it's probably going to end, so boring, people probably just going to say, oh, she was a nice girl, that's it, and you haven't done anything to this wow. world. So that was pretty much it, and uh, kind things of were not... Kind of had a life at 28. Yeah, and it was like, it was things were so bad, you know, imagine you're like throwing up, you have fevers, things are not working, and these things in hospital, and I was having these thoughts, and between, I mean, every time I was awake and, and then at some point things started to get better, some progress, medicines were working and uh, things started to sort of become stable and the worries were gone. And I told myself, when you're out of this place, you're going to do something about your life. This, it can't be, this is, this is not right. It doesn't work like this. And of course, that wasn't reality because when I got out of hospital, I still needed a lot of, it was so much I needed to deal with. Um, so I had to deal with a lot of health issues. It took me four years, I think, and no more. Actually, yeah, it took me nearly five years until I became healthy enough. And I also had the confidence and uh, power enough to sort of think of quitting. It was something no one knew about it. I had to hide it <laughs> from my mom for a while. And even in the company, they, nobody except, expected me to quit my job. Everyone thought, I'm happy where I am. I seem to be doing okay. It, I, I was not sharing my concerns with anybody. So yeah, but that was something 
uh, I was thinking about my illness triggered it and it took me quite some time to actually make that decisions because of all the fears and limiting beliefs I had during that four year <laughs> four or five years wow. well thank you for being so open and sharing that because I think a lot of people might look from the outside and then they start seeing the results then they think that it might have been a quick process or wow she quit her job and started a business but no one sees that underneath the surface where it took you four years to actually quit your job it took you four years of thinking about it and dreaming about it and knowing that something needs to change before actually doing it so kind of shedding also that little bit of hope for people that are in that situation like Although you haven't acted now, it is never too late and you can still do that. Um, how, um, how did you decide what you wanted to do? Did you already know that while working in corporate? Were you kind of thinking about it, dreaming about it, working towards it? Or was this something that you quit your corporate job and then started working on your business? Well, actually, I was always creative when I was young. I mean, I look at my old notebooks. There's always a sketch of some dress in the corner. It, it was always something about it. it was all, I always enjoyed making things. I wasn't necessarily good at it, uh, to be honest. I, was, I used to paint. I used to make jewelry, things like that. All right, but nothing so special, to be totally yeah. honest about it. But I had these creative things in me. And my job in the company, my, my job was to buy oils and ball bearings for the machines. These are mechanical parts. <laughs> so there's nothing, no overlap. <laughs> nothing and creative about it. <laughs> no, I mean, creative in the sense of science and uh, business case uh, thinking business. Oh, that's that's still creative, but not creative in terms of art and right brain and all that. And every time I was traveling, I would just go buy this Vogue magazine and look at the pages and be like, oh, that's nice. Oh, it would be nice to do something related. So I had it in the back of my mind. But um, I mean, uh, my last year when I was still in my company job, in the evenings, I was still searching for what to do. So I was working on the idea I didn't exactly know. It wasn't so clear to me up until that point that I got out of my room and I have a mountain in front of me. And looked at that mountain, I saw that it's a, it's a mountain called Margalkopf. I looked at it and it was just something in, in my head triggered that like, what if you could create a brand that is inspired by the kind of art you enjoy, your heritage, a, a brand that shows what you really enjoy. If, what if you could uh, reflect that in a brand? And, and I have no, I had no education in fashion or anything, but that kind of, that was quite a strong at that moment and that really was the idea of creating a scarf with the designs I already had or with some ideas I had that just came into my head and from that point I started to study as much as I could about fashion I, I was still in my day job but in the evenings I was part of some kind of a forum a group that was for that was designed for fashion designers so I knew I knew nothing of what they are talking about, all the terms they were using. I tried to educate myself in the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a pretty much the process of doing market research and also developing my skills as, as a designer in that last year. And by the time I quit, I, I, was still, I wasn't so sure what my 
company is going to be. I quit, but I still did some consulting job in not so creative areas. Still people knew me as like with my background in the company and supply chain and all the sort of technical stuff. So it's a, a little bit of that, not the kind of job I was enjoying, but that was helping me with some financial security. I think it took me a year until I... I felt really ready that, okay, this is the company I want to do and this is the brand and uh, that's what's going to happen. And that year was one year after I had quit my job. But it was like a year full of doing a lot of other projects just to prepare um, to, to, for, for the foundation. So that was pretty much the process. But what also happened is that when I really started, I was so confident. I was coming from this world of doing everything perfect and working in a company which was quite sort of well respected and I was so sure I'm not going to fail. So I came with this mindset and actually things didn't work. <laughs> I don't know if you'd like to hear the story, but, uh, yes, but yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I went to business school. I went to a very good university. I was surrounded by these very high performing people. And, and for some reason I was thinking I'm going to be fine. So I started with this confidence and things didn't work actually. I wasn't selling that much, Th things were not, I wasn't getting the response I expected. It took me a couple of months and then I, I had this thing which hit me in the face was that all the education and experience I've had is actually for corporate environments, for a different context. And everyone around me is giving me wrong advice. This is not working for me. I wasted so much money on advertising in high-end magazines. This wasn't the right decision early on in my brand, but I didn't have the right foundation for my context. I had a foundation for another business. And I was still in my corporate mindset. I, I noticed that I'm still trying to, how to say, uh, convince my ex-corporate colleagues or ex-bosses who didn't care about me anymore that I'm doing a good job. I'm still working in a way that's right for a corporate environment and it wasn't serving me. I, uh, I needed to uh, have to say eat a humble pie and go take some courses. I used to make fun of all the meetings. It's embarrassing to say but um, I, I, I didn't take a lot of people who were doing these courses in the creative field so seriously. And uh, I had to go do all those courses. I had to go hire coaches. I, and I was so resistant in the beginning. I was one of those people you call uncoachable. <laughs> I was so strong headed and I wasn't listening. I, I was, uh, yeah, I, it took me some time to really understand what I want, who can help me and what I'm exactly doing. And I actually, actually had to come back to the foundations. Uh, like purpose, uh, what's your why, uh, who your audience really is, really sort of going deep and finding something. And things really started to work when I, I started to become myself, my true self and talk what was really coming from my heart and not just copying everyone else. Yeah. So tell me, I, I love that you're sharing that and that you are willing to tell that you had to eat some humble pie because I feel like there's a lot of people that there's a, and, and you might uh, be able to resonate with this, but there's a fine line in knowing when to push more, but also when to stand back and maybe ask for help. What did you find was the hardest part for you as an entrepreneur in that very early stages? Uh, I think financial security was something I actually have always worked to make sure I'm not totally sort of bankrupt. But when you work for companies for such a long time, you're used to a certain level of security 
and it was coming to me so easily I was never sort of thinking about it and 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 then I noticed in order to earn the money I used to earn in the corporate I have to work so hard as an entrepreneur so that was a bit of a shock I thought it would be easier but uh, but yeah so so making money <laughs> selling and actually being profitable that was a challenge in the beginning and getting used to that level of uncertainty and finding solutions to keep myself safe when you don't exactly know what's going to happen it took me some time to learn with my kind of business i'm mostly selling in christmas mostly selling around certain days and when i do campaigns everyone has to find their own kind of and then i had to learn okay how can i inject some cash into the business or how can i keep myself safe during the periods that sales are not uh how to say coming because i mean when you're selling uh, art, fashion, jewelry, things like that. This is not sort of cancer medicine, let's be honest. You know, do, you, it's, it's got, <laughs> they're vanity products. So you also have to be a bit realistic about how you bring sales. And this, it took me some time to learn these things. And of course, there were times that I wasn't getting enough orders. So that was a big deal. And, and of course, you know, I, I suddenly got a little scared because when you're surrounded by all your friends are doing really well and all the sort of incorporate, they were not used to this these things and I was suddenly thinking of oh my gosh I can't go to the trips that I used to go maybe for a while until I have a solution for things so these kind of things were so tough for me in the beginning I just wasn't used to this level of uncertainty because I mean nearly 10 years in, in companies having a relatively stable life that was a big deal I think and then of course uh, there was the other thing I mean you everybody is talking to you about find your purpose finding that purpose thing finding your place is not as easy and then there's so many layers you have to dig in to really find yourself and and i noticed that um i was hiding behind a lot of layers of uh layers that other people have built for me teachers educators bosses all my mentors in the past were kind of my bosses in in my previous job and these layers come with the limiting beliefs of those people who educated you. I'm so grateful for, for them. But sometimes they also impose a lot of limiting beliefs on you. So there was a lot of that. It took me some time to find myself and it wasn't necessarily a fun journey. It was almost like a healing process, like people who go through trauma and want to sort of find themselves and things like that. So that was a bit of that too. Mentally, that was a bit uncomfortable. Uh, looking back, what do you think was one of the biggest things that made a difference for you going from that uncertain place to where you probably are today or feeling a little bit more certain in your business? What do you feel like was the one thing that helped you kind of mitigate that process and start that healing process and learning uh, more about yourself? I think the moment I learned to become comfortable with who I truly am, uh, that was that was when things start to become clear. Because when you ex and everybody has that, it's not that I was like anything special. Everybody has that. We come to this world with with a purpose, but we most of the time we get lost and we get distracted by life, and and uh, we forget about that. So. F getting into a mindset that that showed me who I truly am and be okay with it. Um, uh, that was the beginning of and really digging down into my soul <laughs> to see like, what is my true purpose? Like I noticed that I care so much about women education. I, I really get excited when I see ambitious women who 
who, who really fight for what they want. These are the things that excited me, but I didn't actually, I didn't know. I knew there was something, but I wasn't so vocal about it. And the moment I knew what exactly in life really excites me and what, what I want to add to this world. And that's, for me personally, alignment, energy, like being aligned with what I do really matters, really affects my energy. So when I'm doing something I don't truly believe in it, it usually doesn't get anywhere. So the moment I had that and then I had clarity and I tried to do only things that serve that purpose and add something to the world, things started to move on. And also when, when I started my business coaching, uh, this was the new thing I started recently, I, I noticed that when you, uh, how to say, s- start working, how to say, serve from an energy of I want to help people how I can help people it works differently but when you kind of think like okay how can I get a client so it can pay my bills so I can have an easier life that just doesn't work for me that kind of energy was was kind of keeping me stuck the moment I was like okay I'm going on my Instagram I just focus on how I can help a person or I I go talk uh, on this webinar in this group just to, to make sure I am adding something to these people's lives. When I'm in that energy, things work for me. The moment I, I get distracted and uh, um, then, yeah, uh, things start to sort of. So this is, this is something for me is the clarity, sticking to that purpose and adding something to this world, making sure you really help someone and not just regurgitating all the nice things everyone's telling you, you know, uh, all these sort of nice words you use in your branding. <laughs> That is so true. I want to kind of dig a little bit deeper on that because I'm already kind of hearing this audience voice of this person saying, okay, but that's good, but I'm in my corporate job. How do I do that? How do I find my purpose? How do I realize what I love to do? Was there anything that helped you? Was it um, maybe some tools like meditation or journaling or what were some of the things that you practiced that helped you be more aligned with who you are, finding out what that purpose was, um, et cetera? Well, uh, for sure, meditation and journaling are, I, I do write a lot. I, it's just something I, I have, in, in, I always had, even as a child, my mom <laughs> sort of taught us to do this the moment we, we learned to, to, to read and write. So that, that's definitely a good tool. But something I recommend for corporate people is that when you're in, in com- working for a company, you're surrounded by corporate people and they have a certain type of mindset, which is not necessarily always align with this abundance mindset you need to have as an entrepreneur. There are a lot of sort of um, corporate uh, ways of working are uh, triggered by how to say competition, how to how to win the competition. It's, it's a bit like that, that kind of masculine energy is quite, quite dominant and you're surrounded by people who see you only survive in this corporate world. And uh, what I would recommend is that try to uh, expose yourself to different environments, network with people who are totally different than the ones you're hanging out right now. And I think everybody deep down knows what excites them. So if, if it's like art, try to hang out with artist groups, just learn more about their lives, what they do. If it's fashion, try to find a way of being present in fashion related events, fashion weeks, I don't know, anyway, it can be anything, it can be simple things, but try to hang out with different types of peoples outside your usual network this will help um, 
uh, this will sort of show you a different angle of of seeing things and it will trigger something inside you and and then after sort of being exposed to these sort of totally different environments try to sort of take some time quiet time meditation journaling whatever it is it can be anything for anyone to sort of think like is this really me or maybe the corporate is it's, it's a process so you have to sort of be mindful of it but i that that's the first thing that comes into my head and also reading books that are a bit different than the ones you usually read listening to people you normally don't like to listen to just be open just try to to sort of expose yourself to a different world that can be a bit uncomfortable in the beginning i like that pushing yourself a little bit out of your boundaries and trying that something that's a bit different um i want to move a little bit focus more to the people that you help in terms of artistic people creative um creative people that want to sell physical products, create a business around it. Um, if there, I know some of my audience are also moms. They um, maybe, maybe they're not in corporate, but maybe they do creative things around their passion. And they're thinking maybe this can be a business. What are some of that business strategies that you would give to someone just starting out? Well, I mean, my, uh, I work specifically with people who make either jewelry or they have like some kind of art they want to, to, uh, to bring into a product that you can sell or fashion, things like that. It's lifestyle and fashion related kind of field. And uh, what I would say is that, okay, uh, for some people, it's really a hobby. If, if you want it to be a hobby, just be honest with yourself because sometimes when you get into the business, you wouldn't have that much time for the creative aspect of it. So that, that just be realistic about it that, yeah, it will maybe you will be doing 20% of making and then 80% of really running the business. So there is a bit of that too. Just make sure or just give it a shot to make sure you're comfortable with that. And what I would say is that really... Of course, part of it is the skill with, with this kind of products. The, the uniqueness is, is an aspect. So in order to make something really unique and something eye-catching, you need some form of skill, of course, to create a product that's that's really sort of different. And um, and also make sure your product is, is not like a copy of everything else in the market. Don't try to compete with this big company just because they're nice and you like them. Try to really put yourself into this product and be sure that what you put from yourself in the product is going to make it better. It's not going to make it worse. A lot of people are actually not so confident about it. And and think of the person who's, who's going to, to use this. Really think in what occasions. Be be open to that. Try to actually talk to people. I try to talk to strangers because very often family and friends may be nice to you, not give you the feedback you need to know in terms of the quality and design of your products. Uh, so, so it's pretty much that. Uh, make sure you create something really unique for a specific person in mind and know how they're going to use it. Is, is it a piece that is going to start a conversation? Like it's so unique and looks so different because it has like a lot of you in it. Is it that kind of piece? Is it the piece that they're going to wear or use uh, as a gift to, to someone they really love? So what kind of story is this product telling? And that story should have a lot of you in mind. The way I like to work with people is that I start with the person a lot of like their mindset their mission who they are and then I move to the business foundation I think people really need to have the foundation in place in order to build something good on it and the foundation is pretty much the audience you build around your product the story you tell around your purpose 
and you start with something, you test that product. And before you invest too much in that business, you've already tested that product, maybe selling in some markets and in like little settings and little parties. Just don't, don't be shy. You have to sort of find a way of, and once you have this foundation in place, so you know, you have something that sells and you know who will buy that, then there's so much you can do. And uh, also you, I think copywriting and learning how to tell your story in a way that resonates with people is also skill. Uh, it's, it's really worth learning. So yeah, that's my advice for everyone who's starting. I really love that. And I love that you start with the entrepreneur itself and what do you like to do and what do you make? Because I do think if they don't like what they're doing, they won't continue doing it. But then the next most important step would be, who are they? Who is that mm -hmm. audience? And I think a lot of, especially creative people, don't tend to think about that business aspect. Um, and, and, it, and it sounds very, I don't want to say technical, but businessy mm -hmm. um, to say, who's your target market? But if you don't know who your target market is, you need to, I always say, you need to know them almost better than your best friends. Who are they? What do they like? Where do they hang out? Because that is how you're going to communicate with them uh, and where you are going to communicate with them. And then the copywriting, which is really important because you need to know who you are, what do you want to say, but also how to say it in a way that the audience will listen and will take notice of that. So um, from a business strategy point of view, I think that is amazing advice for any anyone that wants to start um, from scratch. And in the sense of making the physical product, is there any advice that you can give to someone that's still maybe in the idea phase? And how do they get to that making of the product? Well, um, how it starts usually is that uh, most of the time, I think for artists, they really need to dig down in the soul and see like what really excites them. And also what kind of material they feel comfortable with. This is something some people really like to work with clay and like it's usually a medium that a person finds easier to work with. Some people really like um, textile or jewelry because it comes so close to the skin and it's it, it just that they, they have this relationship with different material. Just be mindful and th just think with yourself, okay, do I like to work with clay, ceramic, things like that? Is there any sort of connection I have to that material? Or is it jewelry? Is it textile? It's, it's a specific type of, type of textile. So it starts from here. And then you usually have this idea in your head. And the process that's quite common is that people create mood boards, like, a, like it's like a board with all the sort of different pictures and images that are kind of related to a certain type of emotion all the inspiration, everything that sort of keeps you inspired. Like, for example, I, I don't come from a professional fashion design, but every time I w was near Mediterranean Sea, I would see the sea, all the shells, all the colors. You see, like, uh, there are certain colors that show up more, more, uh, more often, and these colors remind you of a place. So if you can sort of collect all these things that remind you of something and see, like, okay, that is the inspiration behind something I'm going to create, and try to reduce it to certain colors or certain textures. This is something that's so unique to everybody because we all have this creation in us. We were creators so we can create. <laughs> so, so this is something so unique for everyone, but it's pretty much this, like trying to 
to see what inspires you, reduce those inspiration into like simple colors, simple textures. And then at some point, if you feel you're not confident enough to, to sort of make it yourself, there are people you can, there are designers, illustrators, makers you can talk to. You just need to be able to communicate your creative vision to these people. It's the same with me. I, I can't even sew properly. I just can't. I mean, I call myself a fashion designer, but... But what I can do is that I can communicate what I think clearly with some, with a lot of words, with a lot of pictures, with every possible way to another person. So when they understand what's in my head, they can create what I want. So that is how it starts. Of course, this is a very big process. Yeah. I hope I could summarize it. No, I think start that, that's beginning of the process, I think is the most important thing. And what I can take from that is just make sure that you stay true to you and what feels good to you and not necessarily what other people suggest, but go back to what you're passionate about, what you like working with. Um, so Sarah, as a very last question, I want to ask you, what is the number one or the best advice that you've either received that you would like to pass on to our listeners before they start this journey of entrepreneurship? Well, one of my mentors used to say, um, done is better than perfect. You need to take action. So when you think things are 60% okay, just do it. Don't wait forever. Don't uh, spend time in rabbit holes trying to make sure you have everything perfect. It's all right to have an ugly website. It's all right to have an ugly product that everyone says it's so silly. Do it. Just do it because this is the only way you can get things moving. So take action. Take imperfect action. Nothing's going to happen. You'll be fine. You'll be safe. And do it before you're ready. <laughs> I think that is some of the best advice. Do it before you're ready. Imperfect action. And perfectionism is the thief of time because yeah. we waste so much time on getting the perfect logo with the perfect colors, with the perfect website, and then absolute crickets when you launch your website. So just launch your website, launch your logo, launch your business and start before you're ready and everything will fall into place as you just get into motion. Sarah, this was absolutely lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights and your experience within the corporate world, but also in the entrepreneur world. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? What's the best way that they can communicate with you? Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, well, I mean, they can go on my Instagram, Sarah underline Mobahanfat. I know I have a difficult last name. Or they can just uh, search my brand name, Narosip, N-A-R-O-S-I-B. Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Uh, uh, yeah, just Google my name. You'll find me. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and for anyone that's listening, I will be posting the links in the description box. So anyone can click on the links on her website and for Instagram, we'll be posting that as well. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you have a lovely day and I hope our listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. Oh, thank you so much, Lindy. It was such an honor. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you, Sarah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and staying till the very end. I really hope you enjoyed it. To get a free virtual coffee session with me, give me some feedback. Write a review, take a screenshot, tag me and send it to me. 
I will email you a link to book your session. Subscribe to my podcast if you want to hear more and see you in the next episode.